just a little bit there, Mickey. I'm very excited to be on here with you. I, mean, I do want to wish Aiden a happy birthday. A great guy. He did a great job producing the uh, men's basketball game against Northern Illinois University. And, you know, he's just a great guy uh, all around. Just love seeing him, love being with him, especially when I was at your uh, dorm watching the Red Sox-Yankees uh, wild card game. Very exciting times. And hope he has a great break. But, yeah, man, I'm happy to be here. And I know I got some big shoes to fill, but I'm ready. Yeah, it's going to be a packed show right here on the Packed House. But first... Do us a favor, a little bit of housekeeping here. Shoot us a follow on Twitter at PackedHouseKCOU. One more time, that is at PackedHouseKCOU, spelled exactly how you think it is. There you will find the latest updates on the show, as well as some remarks from me and Aiden throughout the week. But back to the show at hand. We have a, once again, a packed show on the packed house. We are going to go over some MLB offseason news and updates. We got a lot for you, a lot to unpack that has happened in the last week. A lot of movement in free agency. But after that, definitely stay, stay tuned here. We are going to be giving our weekly NFL picks as well as Aiden sent me his picks. So we will have all of his coming up as well as our Who's Hot? and who's not segment for the NBA. And to close out the show, we will be having our weekly Why We Love Sports segment. Remind us all why we love sports, but that is later. Right now, we're going to jump into some MLB news. Uh, starting off with your MVPs. Our MVPs were just announced. Uh, Sohei Otani in the AL, the awesome two-way player from Japan, and Bryce Harper winning his, I believe it was his second MVP. He was named MVP last week as well. Uh, I, I don't think there's really any debate in the National League over who is MVP, uh, or in the American League make that. Shohei Otani just deserved it. Ryan, you got any You got any conflicting ideas here? No, I, I'm kind of with you on this one, how Juan Soto and you know Bryce Harper, they were both so good this year. And as you can see, if you're a betting person, you can see that Juan Soto had 13 points in the trade uh, in the uh, prediction for MVP, and then Bryce Harper had 11. I really thought that Harper, you know, he had a really good season, so I knew that he was deserving of it. But Juan Soto, you know, he was really close to also getting one as well, so... You know, it, it's kind of tough when you just have two really good guys. I know Fernando Tatis was also up there as well, but those two are really the guys that really just kind of showed up this year and were the guys who deserved to win it. But, man, Juan Soto, you know, if I would say that if he didn't have such a bad team maybe to end the year, he could have done <laughs> a little better. But, I mean, that's also a little bit of just – I probably shouldn't say that's a little bit of blasphemy coming out of me because it doesn't matter what team it is. It's how you play. But I'm telling you, if he had like guys like Trey Turner and stuff still on his team, I think that would have made the difference instead of, you know, he had to play with uh, other different guys. And then Shohei Otani, unfortunately, like, I'm sorry, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he had such a good season too, but you can't beat Shohei. From the gates, he was like the first one, I'm pretty sure, to 40 home runs. He was outstanding this year, you know. He he batted 257, he had 46 home runs, and he had 100 RBIs. And Vladimir Guerrero, he's going to fight him year after year after year, I feel like. You know, and I just think Shohei's going to keep getting better and better. Vladimir's going to keep getting better and better. So it's going to be exciting to see how many of these guys win the MVP because I really think that these two are the main guys that are going to be in that race. I think Simeon was also a close close third. But, I mean, I don't think the, I think the MVP did great. By, uh, the MLB did great by choosing these guys because I think they were definitely the best in both of their conferences this year. So I, I actually have a couple of thoughts on this, uh, starting with, the, the, those top five guys that you mentioned, Harper, Soto, 
uh, Otani, Simeon, uh, yeah, Simeon and um, and Vladdy Jr. All of those guys did not make the playoffs this year. That's really interesting, you know, and it goes to show how team driven the the sport of baseball is. Um, my my kind of my my very rough pick for NL MVP was Juan Soto. Um, I think a lot of his value is hidden to especially the traditional baseball fan that looks at home runs, RBIs, batting average, and all that. Soto is an unbelie- has unbelievable plate discipline. He is he draws so many walks. His on-base percentage is so high every year, and, and that's something that doesn't really get looked at by the traditional baseball community. So if, if he had a little more of an explosive year in the traditional stat columns— uh, I definitely think he wins NL MVP this year, but he didn't. And, and Bryce Harper, not that he isn't good in that in that uh, you know new modern way to look at baseball players, he's actually one of the best. He just had a little more of an explosive year, hitting home runs, driving in runs, batting average, and all that stuff. So Bryce Harper and Shohei Otani are your two MLB MVPs. Moving on uh, to some little bit of free agency talk here, Uh, not specifically free agency with this team. This is a really interesting team that I wanted to feature this week, Uh, not being a Bay Area homer, but I I think they are legitimately one of the most interesting teams to watch this offseason. It is the Oakland Athletics, and then they are interesting to watch, not in a good way. Uh, this team has a historically low payroll. Their payroll was 90, $93 million in 2019 and only $73 million in 2021. This team always finds a way to compete. Billy Bean, one of the best GMs in sports, uh, revolutionized the game of baseball with, with sabermetrics and all that good stuff. But the Oakland A's... They, they've run into a little bit of a, of a brick wall here. They, they have a lot of guys hitting free agency, a lot of guys to pay. Starling Marte is not coming back. Mark Canna, probably not coming back. Yosmero Petit, Jed Lowry, Sergio Romo, Josh Harrison, Chris Davis, a mainstay in that lineup. Mitch Moreland, Mike Fires, and Trevor Rosenthal are all pending free agents. And in addition to that, you guys have, you have guys that are going to get paid a lot who are arbitration eligible and you're not going to win an arbitration hearing with guys like Matt Olson who's projected to make 12 million Matt Chapman nine and a half million uh Sean Manaya 10.2 Chris Bassett that's 8.8 like the, the A's cannot afford these guys so it's gonna be a little bit of a fire sale this year for the A's uh Ryan what do you what do you think on the A's yeah, I think that, you know, he's going to be a fire. So I just wanted to mention that the Oakland A's actually got Brett Honeywell, which is actually pretty pretty cool for them. He's a very talented uh, rookie prospect, and that's going to be really nice for Oakland. You know, I think, I'm pretty sure he was a Royals guy. It could be No, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. He was a Tampa Bay guy. I think it was Tampa Bay. And now he's go- going to Oakland, which is a really good scene for him. You know, they got a couple of young pitchers out there too as well. But, you know, I'm going down the list. Starlin Marte, I think really good fit would be um, – San Francisco. I don't know why. I just I just feel like he'd Heck be good yeah. out there. I know you're a Giants fan, so you enjoy <laughs> that. And I know that they're actually one of the top suitors for him. I just think that it would be a perfect ballpark for him. The way he hits, I mean, I think it'd be great and he you know, he could have some splash balls as well and he's just that outfield I think is just made for him. I know that they have that deep center field, but I think he'd be perfect there. 
Uh, and then you look at guys like, I don't know, Sergio Romo, Jed Lowry, not like the best guys, but Sergio Romo, he's not a bad relief pitcher. He could be a good relief pitcher uh, for someone. I don't really know exactly where, like, I don't, I'm not the type of guy that's going to, like, guess where these people are going to go. I just said Stolen Marte because I know that he is a top suitor and the Giants are looking into him, which is a really good landing spot in my mind for him. And then you got guys like, I don't know, like Mike Fears and two guys that I was really looking at here, and uh, it actually kind of caught my eye because the Cardinals are actually po- are interested in them as well, is Frankie Montes and Sean Menea. If they give up Frankie Montes, they're going to have to give up a lot of prospects, but could you imagine Frankie Montes and Jack Flaherty in the same in the same rotation? That would be kind of scary, to be honest. So, I don't know, but the A's do have a lot of stuff to get going with, and I'm sure that's going to start here soon. They're going to... I don't know who they're going to dump, but I know that a lot of A's fans may not like who they dump and why they dump, because if they dump someone like, I don't know, like someone like Stolen Marte, or they, they're going to have to give up a lot of prospects and stuff. And I'm not sure how the Oakland A's fans are going to feel about giving up top prospects. But yeah, it's it's just really a guess at this point. Like I think that a lot of these free agents are probably going to be gone. I don't think a lot of them are going to sign back. Um, you know, I could maybe see Mike Fears maybe signing back with the A's, but at this point, like, it's there's so many free agents. Like, I'm sure that majority of them are going to be gone. Well, and it's impossible for the A's to sign these guys back because their their payroll is always so low. Their their the budget their owner gives them is always so extremely low that they can't afford a lot of these guys. It, it's a miracle what Billy Bean does year in and year out. To, to make this team competitive. And and I personally, I'm a Giants fan, but I always pull for the A's. Like, this is, like, the definition of the little guy that always is scrappy and always fights. And, and you see them, you know, probably their their windows, their playoff windows are always probably, like, four years long. And then they it closes. They they have a fire sale like they're going to have this year. They're, they're, they completely retool their team in, you know, say it's a four, three, four-year rebuild, and then the A's are suddenly back, and they're and they're making the playoffs. That, that's the cycle of the Oakland A's. Um, another thing to note about this this rebuild is they are stuck with the Elvis Andrews contract. That's that's fourteen million in twenty twenty two. The Rangers are paying seven and uh, seven point uh, two five million of that. Uh, he's still a good defender, but he is not. He he is an offensive liability. He he is not good with the bat in his hands. And they are also stuck paying Stephen Piscotty eight uh, eight million next year. Uh, very similar offensive production to Elvis Andrews, except he does not have that defense. Piscotty is not a good defender. So it, it's it's really you're you're in a really tough situation if you're Billy Bean. A lot of these guys are going to get traded. That farm system is going to just explode up the rankings of farm systems in this coming year. They'll probably trade Matt Olson. Uh, Matt Chapman might be gone. Sean Manaya, You know, all those arbitration-eligible guys. I, I don't know how much longer they're going to be with the team. So, the Oakland A's are probably making a lot of these guys available and calling around the league. So, that's that's the A's for you. Uh, it, it's not it's not going to be a fun couple of years in Oakland if you're an A's fan. Uh, moving on, we have a free agent signing. Eduardo Rodriguez signs with the Detroit Tigers, who make their first splash signing of the year. We know we knew they were going to be eligible within free agency. They signed Rodriguez to a five-year, seventy-seven million dollar contract. This happened right after our show last week. 
Uh, the Tigers look like they're going to compete in the Central next year with Aiden's White Sox. Uh, if they continue to spend, they if they continue to make a couple more signings, you know, maybe Carlos Correa signs there. They're going to be really interesting. They were they were a 500 team this year, very quiet 500 team, and, and they looked really good. What, what do you think about this Tiger team, Ryan? Yeah, Tigers fans should be very exciting. I think it's going to be a team that's going to compete in that central. Um, but yeah, I, obviously I'm not a, a Tigers fan, but it comes to the point where like, all this Carlos Correa talk has these Tigers fans thinking he's going to come here, and I, I've been in this situation before with too many players that I thought the Cubs were going to get. It's kind of like, for instance, the uh, Odell Beckham situation. I'm a diehard Packers fan, and I figured that, okay, Odell's probably going to come here. Then out of left field, he goes to a team that he didn't even list in the in the news. So this is something with Carlos Correa that I could potentially see happening. He's going to get so hype. He wants Detroit to get so hype, and then he's going to choose a different team over them. But if Detroit keeps making moves... He's Correa's going to notice that and be like, okay, this team might be a team that's going to be able to, you know, contend for maybe a World Series. Or maybe that's a little bit of a stretch, but you know, they go out, they get Tucker Barnhart, and then, like you said, they get Rodriguez. And uh, my second favorite team is the Red Sox, so I know a little bit about him. Wasn't the best for, for them in the uh, playoffs, but is going to be a very good pitcher for this Tigers team. This is a Tigers team that wants to contend. I went to uh, Comerica Park last summer, beautiful ballpark, and they have guys there that just they really, really want to contend. And like that that's the cool thing. Like, you know, Cabrera, he's been in the league for gosh knows how long, and he wants to get back to that playoffs. And then there's a guy that I really, really enjoy watching, and obviously all these fans love him in Detroit, and that's Akil Badu. Really, really good player. Also a sick name at that as well. He, and he's just, <laughs> he's just so talented. Robbie Grossman, another guy who's going to be, he's very, very good as well. He's also a guy that, he's he's been at that point where like he's having good seasons, he's having bad seasons, so he's still a 50-50 guy. You want to say he's going to have a good season, but then again, you don't know. Then they have Harold Castro, Jamer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Eric Hase. They have a lot of good, uh, good players. So I wouldn't be surprised if Correa doesn't go here because like, there's so many other teams, but this is a team that I just feel like he he has to go to, and I, and I'm gonna be playing that. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna play that card of he is gonna hype up Detroit and he is gonna go to Detroit. I think he is. I I know a lot of MLB analysis and a lot of people think that he's gonna go to Detroit. I think he is. That was my signing spot for him, uh, my prediction. And I don't know about you, man, but I just think it's just it's too perfect for him to play there. Like he just, I think it'd be a great fit for him. This this you know what this reminds me of. It reminds me a little bit of Tom Brady to Tampa Bay this last year, and I'm not comparing Carlos <laughs> Correa to Tom Brady or anything, but but these are guys that really know what they're doing. And, and to the casual fan, you, you see Tom Brady sign with Tampa Bay last year, and you're like, what? Like that that team hasn't won anything for for 15 years. But but in reality, if you really look at the roster, that is a team that is built to be really good for a very long time with that wide receiving core. And, and now you look at the Tigers, and and they're just a really good team. And, and Correa recognizes that. And to his credit, he's a smart guy. Um, you know, we could we could you know debate that all we want. But but Correa recognizes that, and he's I I do believe that he's really given this Detroit team a good long look. 
So that that's Carlos Correa. You have an extra. An, an Didn't extra he thought? have a sit down with AJ Hinch at like lunch? And a lot of people thought that oh, that's he's going to Detroit. But folks, don't don't be amused. That happens a lot of times. I know that you know plenty of times there's been players that sit with the coach, but it's really just to see what their environment would be like on that team, what his presence would be. Now it's Carlos Correa, so I'm sure Hinch said you'd be an everyday player, you know, blah 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 stuff like that. But you can't assume that he's going to Detroit just because he had lunch with the manager. Yeah. Oh, exactly. So uh, moving on, uh, we're going to do one last player before we head to break. It's going to be Noah Syndergaard rejecting his $18.4 million qualifying offer with the New York Mets. And instead, he signs a one-year $21 million deal with the Angels. Now, now for me personally, this this seems like a little bit of a high price to pay for the Angels. If it was just the twenty one million for one year, I would say great. They're you know a one bad one year deal rarely gets signed in the MLB. But the Angels have to give up a draft pick because Syndergaard had that qualifying offer on the table. Uh, for Syndergaard, I think this is an amazing deal. You get a little bit more money, you get about just under $3 million more, and you get that same opportunity to prove yourselves, uh, your, yourself for a long-term contract next year. So I think he really sets himself up for success with this deal. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I think it's a really good choice here for the Angels. And, you know, I just think as a baseball fan, you have to like the Angels. They have Mike Trout, they got Shoei Otani, and this team still, year after year, does not make it to the playoffs. And I'm not saying that Syndergaard is a push to the playoffs, man. He's like, oh yeah, we're gonna make. They're still gonna have to make a couple of moves, which I think they will. But I would, I'm assuming a one-two punch now of Otani and Syndergaard. I could be wrong, but I'm assuming that would be kind of what the Angels want to do there. And this is, uh, it, I know you put it on the outline, but this is just a perfect spot for him. You know, he, they gave him a, lot, a decent amount of money, but it's for one year, and it's really just to show can he pitch as well? Can he pitch good enough to get that long-term contract in the future? Which I think he could. I think the Angels is a perfect spot for him. I think that, you know, he, he had a letdown year a couple of years ago. Last year wasn't the best. But this year, I think he's going to be really good for the Angels. I think it's a very good signing for them. And I think they really just found the number two starter. I, I think they go Altani, then Syndergaard. It'll be really interesting. Uh, guys coming off of Tommy John surgery do not have a great track record. But but it's been done before. I, I, I really do think he can. He has the capacity to succeed in Los Angeles. So... That is going to bring us to a very quick break right here on KCOU 88.1 FM. When we come back, we will be breaking down Justin Verlander and my Giants. We got a qualifying offer accepted. Brandon Bell accepted it. We'll be breaking down both of those signings. Stick with us on Sports Saturday at the Packed House right here on KCOU 88.1 FM. Welcome back to Sports Saturday right here on KCOU 88.1 FM. My name is Mickey Doolittle. I am sitting alongside our special guest this week, filling in for Aiden O'Connor. It is Ryan Walterman. We are breaking down some of the MLB free agent signings that have happened to this point. Uh, So we broke down Noah Syndergaard. We broke down... Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez going to the Tigers. So recently, Justin Verlander returns to Houston 
on a one-year $25 million deal. Uh, he has repeatedly said that he loves it in Houston. Uh, this is a good signing for both sides. Low risk for the Astros. Again, like I mentioned with Syndergaard, there is rarely a one-year deal that is a bad deal for the club. And it's not a bad deal for for Verlander either. So, uh, and, and in in addition, the uh, Astros do not give up that first round pick because Verlander is a resigning. B, he didn't get that qualifying offer. So, what what do you think, Ryan? What, what how does this solidify this Astros bullpen moving forward? Yeah, very surprised to see him actually go to back to the Astros, which, and if a lot of you don't know, in 2017, he went 5-0 and down the stretch. He had a 1.06 ERA, which led the franchise to its first World Series title, and in 2019, he went 21-6, and I know this is another guy, you talked about it just before break, he had Tommy John surgery, so it'll be exciting to see what he can do coming off of that. I know that the, they, the Astros have Lance McCullers Jr., which... I think he would probably be the number one situation there, but they may go with Verlander. I don't know. I just know that Verlander and McCullough is definitely going to be a one-two punch somewhere along the lines. But I was very surprised. My money would be on McCullers there, Yeah, I think. I think so, too. Very surprised to see him go to the Astros. Um, Honestly, we know what happened last year. You know, just came up short. Um, But this is a team that is still going to be really good. They're going to be continuing to, to get to the playoffs year after year. And this is a good... This is a good pickup for them. Obviously, I this is a, you know I'm sorry I keep making other mentions, but as a Cubs fan, this reminds me of like Jake Arrieta. You know he did so good for us, and then when he came back, he just was so bad, and we had to let him go. And I hope that's not what the Astros have to do, but I think that's somewhat maybe what they could potentially be looking at because they don't know how good he's going to be coming off of Tommy John in 2020. It was a shortened season, and then. You know, he goes back to the Astros, and I I just want to tell all the Astros fans that might be listening in, don't expect him to be like he was in 2017 because he has gotten a little older. He'll still be good for, good enough for, the guy, for you guys, but he's not going to be as good as he was in 2017. Yeah, no, it's a really interesting signing. Uh, Verlander, of course, one of the greatest pitchers of our generation. He is uh, a surefire Hall of Famer who's going to wrap up his career probably in Houston. Uh, my, my money would be he he stays in Houston no matter if he plays, you know, three more years or this is his last year in, in big league baseball. Moving on, my San Francisco Giants uh, have gotten back one of their best producers from last year, Brandon Belt. He accepts the qualifying offer from the Giants. Uh, I, I was shocked by this one, to be honest. I think Brandon Belt, if he hit free agency, he could have gotten a big multi-year deal with a team. Uh, but he loves it in San Francisco. Um, so, you know, really don't blame him for that. He he comes back on, of course, that $18.4 million qualifying offer. The Giants, you know, they they keep that pick. Uh, they they don't get the additional pick if he would have signed with with another team. But uh it, it's it's they the, ultimately what matters is that they got one of their best players back on a one-year deal, which is Unbelievable! I, I I could not be happier about this as a Giants fan. Belt was just crazy good last year. His plate discipline is really good. He had a very high walk rate, very high on base percentage. Uh, Belt, one of the the mainstays of this Giants team since that 2012 championship run, uh, wasn't a part of the 2010 team, but he did. He he was there for the last two of that dynasty. Uh, Ryan. What do, what do you think about this one? I, I again, I, I thought he could have gotten a three year deal, at least on the, on the open market for, for a lot more money. But but he chooses to stay in San Francisco. What do you think? 
I think he's definitely going to get more jerseys being worn by fans for him because of the uh, loyalty there. Uh, I 100% agree that he could have went any like somewhere else, would have made multi millions of dollars. You know, he would have had multi years, excuse me. But that's good. You know, he does good on the Giants. And as you said last year, he had a really good year for them. Really, really good year. Um, maybe one of his best years, honestly. He had 29 home runs. That's the most home runs in his career so far. So it'll be exciting to see what he does in 2022. I'm expecting probably around the same numbers. And if the Giants go out and get other guys, uh, are they going to keep Chris Bryant? You know, stuff like that. But this is a guy who has really just been with them. You know, you said it for a very long time, since 2011. And, you know, he's had, he has a couple of rings with them. And I think it just shows that he he loves San Francisco, like you said. I mean, it's a great city too. Like who wouldn't want to play in San Francisco? The Bay Area, it's beautiful. You know, you got the you got the bridge back there, and then you got the water in the background. <laughs> beautiful scenery as a hitter. And yeah, I mean, really, it just comes to show that he he loves it there. And the loyalty plays a big part of your team. I'm expecting him to get a big ovation uh, when he comes up to bat in his very first. Um, at bat at, at home in the next upcoming season um, and if they don't I mean there's nothing wrong with that but I just assume that he'll probably get something like a big ovation I know that you'll be giving him an ovation for sure for oh, man. Re- just picking up that qualifying offer a lot of a lot of players don't really pick up that qualifying offer if they're going into free agency because they like to mess around with the market as they say and see what they can get but nah Belt just went straight for the offer he's like I like San Francisco I, I probably have a beautiful house here I love playing ball here and I mean, really just good on him to do that. Really good. I love to see the loyalty in baseball these days. And again, I, I'm pretty shocked at, at him signing this. Like, this is so team-friendly, just that one-year deal. If he starts to regress this year, you can sign him to a smaller deal next offseason. Uh, he's 33. This might have, may have been his last chance to get that multi-year deal on the open market. He He's essentially going to become a little bit like a Nelson Cruz. I'm not saying he's as good as Nelson Cruz, but, I mean, defensively, maybe if you take... Never mind. Never mind that. <laughs> uh, but, but the you know, Nelson Cruz always signs those one-year deal deals. Like, he the Twins, just year after year, just signs one year for, like, 22, one year for 22, and, and he continued to produce. So that, that might be the future Brandon Belt has in store for him if he continues to produce like this so it was a little bit shocking that he didn't get that he didn't he didn't try and hit that open market for a multi-year deal but again San Francisco is a great place to play what what Gabe Kapler's building there is unbelievable you're you're making me nostalgic describing the scenery there <laughs> I, I'm flying home tomorrow so I I cannot wait uh to be back there so that will wrap up our MLB news for this week we are going to shift to the largest North American sport, the NFL. We got we got some good games this weekend. Uh so let's let's just jump right into it. The first game that we will be talking about, Ravens and the Bears. Uh the the Chicago Bears are beat up, man. They are not looking healthy at all right now. Uh Khalil Mack, it was just announced a couple of days ago that he would be out for the year. Um it's just going to have to take a miracle from the Bears, in my in my opinion. I, I think the Ravens are really mad about last week against the Dolphins. It, it, it was it was a weird game. The Dolphins called, I believe it was 35 plays that were the exact same play. It was a zero blitz, all-man coverage across the board, and it worked against Lamar. So we'll, we'll see if the Bears kind of draw up that and, and use that as a, as, a, as a lesson to try and beat this Ravens team. Uh, but I, I ultimately think Lamar's going to have a bit of a bounce-back game and look 
like an MVP candidate once again. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, 100%. Lamar's going to have a bounce-back game. The Ravens are not going to be happy coming off of a Dolphins loss. Uh, so they're going to be wanting to come into, I believe the game is in Chicago. Yeah, it's in Chicago. Yes, they're going to come into Soldier Field, and they're, they're going to be mad. And this is a Bears team that's going to be without Khalil Mack, and then it's a Bears team that Justin Fields can't seem to get on – on point here with uh, Allen Robinson, and Allen Robinson has been one of the best receivers uh, for the Bears the last couple of years, and it's just sad to see that that's not really happening. I know Robinson's already been uh, out. He has been ruled out for this game and then injured reserve for Khalil Mack, so I don't expect him to be playing as well. And guys like that, you know, if you don't have Khalil Mack, Lamar, ja- Lamar, Lamar Jackson's going to run all over this team, and I, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. But I do think that this is going to be a game between two quarterbacks that are very good and very mobile. But ultimately, I do think the Ravens get it done. You know what? I'm going to go three touchdowns for Lamar. I'm going to go three rushing touchdowns for Lamar Jackson in this game. And, yeah, uh, I, I just think the Ravens get this done easily. Yeah, so uh, they definitely have a more complete team. Uh, the Bears are just beat up. They're They're – they're just not deep enough to beat this Ravens team. So we're going to move on. I know you're going to have thoughts on this next game. Being a Green Bay Packers fan, they have a big game coming up this week against the Minnesota Vikings, who have ripped off a couple of really nice wins in a row. They beat the Chargers last week in Justin Herbert. Uh, Aiden actually has, uh, and I forgot to mention, Aiden did have the Ravens in that last game. Aiden has Green Bay winning this one. I'm picking Minnesota in this one. I, I think there's going to be a little bit of an upset on alert uh, in this one. So what do you think, Ryan? What, who, who's taking the cake in this one? Yeah, so actually I'm a little concerned about Aaron Rodgers. I know they were able to beat the Seattle Seahawks, able to shut them out in, in that. And it's really just been the defense for the Packers. I've just been so good. And it's it's really been since they've they lost to the Colts. Um but that that defense has been phenomenal for the Packers. It's one of the reasons why they're eight and two and the number one team right now in the NFC. Uh I honestly think that they should finish number one in the NFC. But again, there's so many good teams out there. The Cardinals are beat up, but they're still a very good team. So when they get all their players back, who knows? Maybe they'll contend for the number one seed again. But, yeah, uh, honestly, I think it's going to be a good game. Kirk Cousins, he's going to come in. You know, he's going to do his thing. Usually Packers-Vikings games are usually pretty close, so I can see it possibly being a shootout. Um, But I think Minnesota is really going to need to win this game to show that they can play in the NFC North because I think, and I think a lot of people think this, the Vikings have to be that two-team out of the NFC North if they want to make the playoffs because I honestly do think that two teams will come out of the NFC North, which Green Bay should win this division, and if... And I think the Vikings would be the close second. And if the Vikings really want to contend in this division, I think they're going to show that they, they one, can beat the Packers this weekend, or, two, can make it very close against a good Packers team. The Packers are without Zadarius Smith, David Bakatari, and Jair Alexander. Wow. I did not realize they were with... Without Jair. Yeah, and yet they're still playing very good. They they have lost him for, I don't think they had him since the Cardinal game. And they, that's how good they're playing without him. Uh, you know, Adrian Amos, uh, Eric Stokes, these guys are really stepping up. Kevin King, they're doing very good for the Packers. But, you know, the Vikings, it's the same thing, man. I think that this is going to be a really good game. Uh, unfortunately, another guy that the Packers are going to be without for a couple of weeks is Aaron Jones. And that's also going to hurt them. But A.J. Dillon has been... He has been a bowl in a china shop for the Packers. He had two touchdowns last weekend to really push them through and get that win. But it's really just how is Aaron Rodgers going to 
kind of, I, I don't want to say bounce back because they did win, but kind of bounce back in a way because he looked very, very bad against the Seattle Seahawks. And I know he was coming off that COVID week. So, you know, he has a whole, he, he should have had a full weekend of, a full week of practice, but he didn't practice on Thursday. But he was still, but Matt LaFleur said he's still going to be the starting quarterback for this weekend. So, I don't know. I'm a little surprised he didn't practice, but I think this is ultimately going to be a shootout. I'm going to take the Packers, obviously, in this one, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings end up getting maybe a game-winning field goal or something. Another big injury that along this uh, Packers offensive line, David Bakhtiari is out, too. So, in this Minnesota pass rush is legit. Like, Everson Griffin is unbelievable. He he might eat all day. I I. Honestly, you and Aiden have them in a shootout. I I think this could be a very low-scoring game. You know, Green Bay only scored 17 points last week. Sure, it was in a, in the snow, and and I I should recognize that. But I, I I really do think that with these receivers, with that Minnesota has, that their matchup is just really good. Without Jair Alexander, uh, Kevin King starting, he's still really good, but he's not a cornerback number one. Uh, it, it'll be really interesting game, and I and I think it's going to come down to the very end and and who can get the most stops in this one. I actually uh, sorry to interrupt, but no, you're good. I actually and now I'm thinking maybe it is going to be a low game. The spread is actually Green Bay by one, so yeah. it, it it might be a close game, um, but. Honestly, I think Dalvin Cook runs all over them. I know that the Packers have had really good defense, but it, when it comes to Dalvin Cook, he seems to run all over the Packers. But I think Aiden and I are going the route of both quarterbacks being very good and just passing the ball really well, and I think that's what makes it a shootout. But then again, it's like you said, it could be a close game. I mean, it's really up to grabs. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. So after that, we are going to take a quick break before bringing it right back here and wrapping up our NFL picks for the week. You are listening to Packed House on KCOU 88.1 FM's Sports Saturday. We will be right back. Tune in to High and Tight with me and my co-host Logan Perone as we catch you up on the latest signings, trades, news, scores, and highlights from around America's pastime. Every Sunday at 11 a.m. on the 88.1 FM stream and on our website, KCU.FM on the Blue Box. Strangers in the night Exchanging glances Wandering in the night what were the chances we'd be sharing love? Oh, welcome back to Packed House right here on KCOU 88.1 FM's Sports Saturday. We're slowing it down a little bit with Frank Sinatra. We are in the middle of our NFL picks for week 11, I believe. I think it yeah, is week 11, week 11, correct? Yeah. All right. So we have a very interesting week of lineup of games coming up. We picked uh, the Ravens Bears. We picked the Packers and the Vikings. Now we are on the Colts and the Bills. Uh, very interesting one from Buffalo. Uh, personally, I have the Bills in this one. You know, Josh Allen is going to eat in this one on this Colts defense. Uh, I, I don't think that Indianapolis is going to be, you know, too far out of this one. Carson Wentz has been playing decently outside of those really, really bad turnovers that he's been committing. But I, I do think that the Colts kind of fall short because of their last lack of explosiveness offensively. So what do you think? What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, so rematch of the AFC wildcard round from last year in 2020 where the Colts um, – 
lost this one 27 to 24 to the Bills. Uh, the Bills, I think, are going to win this one. I just hope Justin Taylor does good for my fantasy stock. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it'll be a close game. I just think the Bills are going to come up on, out on top. This is a Bills team that lost in the Jaguars, but then destroyed the Jets. And I think they're just going to keep putting up those big numbers. And it's really just can Carson Wentz put up those big numbers again this weekend? I don't think he can. All right, so that will be our picks for uh, actually Aiden O'Connor. Uh, has the uh, Buffalo Bills, so I believe we are all united in picking Buffalo in that one. Detroit and Cleveland. Uh, Lions are 11-point underdogs. Aiden says this is a steal of a bet and to bet on the Lions. Uh, the Browns coming off of that awful loss, or no, they they dominated, I'm sorry, they dominated the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, I believe that was two weeks ago, um, and so Detroit, of course, uh, you know, they they had that tie last week. You know, they, they didn't lose a week, but, you know, it, it does, doesn't really count. They need to avoid going 0-16 once again. I am of the opinion that this is one of the best uh, zero-win teams halfway through the season of the last decade. Uh, I think they're going to keep it close. I don't necessarily disagree with Aiden's uh, 11, you know, 11-point underdog steal of a bet. Um but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, tell you to bet on as much as he is. Uh, Ryan, what do you think about this one? So I like, I like a lot of teams from the AFC. Uh, considering the Browns and Bengals are both in the same division, I just really like both the quarterbacks. But the thing that pains me is Baker Mayfield. He's so beat up, man. He is just a walking twig out there. I'm going to go with Aiden here. I'm going to pick the Lions. I really do think the Lions can upset the Browns. Uh, the Browns just have not looked that good as they, they've been all hyped up to be. They have not looked good. They're a, they're a 500 team. But I think ultimately this is a team that is going to let up a big running game. I think that Swift and um, uh, the other guy, man, he was on the Packers. I, I forgot his name now. But uh, ultimately I think the Lions have a really good running core. Um, it's uh, it's it's Williams. Montgomery, uh, Williams. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. And I really think that they're both just really good running backs. I think the game ultimately will be close. You know what? I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I'm gonna say the Lions, although they have been so unfortunately to lose on game-winning field goals, I think they're gonna win this one with the game-winning field goal. But I would not be surprised if Nick Chubb runs all over them as well. So it's kind of like a 50-50. Will they keep it close? If they don't stop Nick Chubb, they'll be in trouble. I think they really only have to do is just stop Nick Chubb. Baker Mayfield's all beat up, and he's he has not been that good this year. I I, I like the Lions in this one though. So give me the Lions. All right, so that is the Lions and the Browns. Uh, to be clear, Aiden did pick the Browns, but the Lions, he did pick the Lions to cover that 11-point spread. Moving on, the Washington football team travels to Carolina to play the Panthers. Cam Newton has returned. Superman is back in Carolina. Uh, Ron Rivera will be game-planning against him, his former head coach, uh, the former head coach of the Panthers and now the coach, in Washington. Uh, Panthers fans uh, get their hopes up. Cam either gets hurt or is bad in a few weeks. That is Aiden's note. I completely agree with that. I am of the opinion that Cam Newton showed a lot of flashes last year, but uh, his mechanics were just not good, and, and he was way too inconsistent. He has relied on his athleticism through his younger years uh, and, and hasn't played at all this year. So so he didn't have to deal with any of that lack of athleticism last week. That being said, 
I'm going to pick the Carolina Panthers in this one. Washington pass rush is without Chase Young and Montez Sweat, two of their best pass rushers. I, I don't see really a scenario where Cam dominates this game like he did last week, but I, I, I think it'll be relatively lowish scoring, maybe like a 24-21 final. So so I'm going to go Panthers. Uh, Aiden agrees with me. What, what do you think, Ryan? So this is why I like shows like this, because now I have the opportunity to disagree with both oh of you. I think Cam is back in his element. I think that he's going to be good for the rest of the season for them, and he might. who knows, he might even pump them in a playoff spot. But I, this is a game where they should win. If they lose this one, then maybe Cam's not necessarily back. But this is a game that they should win. They should pound on the Washington football team. Christian McCaffrey should be playing. They have, um, I, you know, Robbie Anderson. I think that the Robbie Anderson and Cam Newton thing's going to work. You know, Cam Newton got his first touchdown back with the back with the Panthers. He threw it to Robbie Anderson. And I think he's just going to be able to hook up with him a lot the rest of the season. I think that Cam is going to have a good game. He's going to rush because he's a really good mobile quarterback still to me. I just think he's in his right element. I think that the Panthers win this one. Uh, by at least by at least 15. Here's my thing with Cam Newton. When it, when he was younger, he relied so heavily on his athleticism, which was unbelievable to watch. He was probably the most exciting football player to watch in the NFL. He he just can't do that anymore. His body's going to break down on him. And, and you saw it a lot last year as the season went on. His mechanics got worse and worse. You could tell he was hurting all year. And his arm strength was just so not good. He was throwing up little ducks, you know, that, that kind of just floated up then that were easily intercepted with New England. I I I really love Cam Newton. I, I love him as a quarterback. He was, again, one of the most fun MVPs ever to play the fo- game of football. Uh, I, I don't think that he is going to last more than four to five weeks. He he just can't. He continued to rely, rely on his athleticism last year, and unless he, he's really changed a lot of stuff with his mechanics, it, it's just not going to be pretty this year, I don't think. So we are going to move on, unless, Ryan, you want to rebuttal that. No, I, I'm good. I mean, I, I can agree <laughs> with that. I just think that there's something with him being back in his element. He's not going to be that good of a mobile quarterback, but I still think he's going to just be good enough to get wins in his on under his belt. Exactly. I, I completely understand that. So moving on, we are going to go to Tennessee, to Nashville, Tennessee, I believe. Right? Yeah, Ten- Texans at Titans. Yep. Yeah, t- Titans play in Nashville, correct? Not. Uh, you know, I don't know that. I, I, I think they do. I, I should know this. I moved to Missouri. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Texans, Titans. Uh, Titans are a really good team this year. Um Aiden has it written down. I forgot the Texans existed. I I feel like he t- speaks for a lot of NFL fans. The, the Texans are really just treading water. Uh, the most interesting thing that they are going to do this year is trade Sean Watson if he gets all of his legal issues cleared up, which I don't think he should, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> this is the NFL. Like, guys get passes all the time. It, it's It's sad, but true. So uh, the Tennessee Titans, I believe, are going to roll in this one. They're going to run all over them despite not having Derrick Henry. Adrian Peterson, the recent signing, might have a big game. Uh, Titans, you know, passing offense is huge. The Texans secondary is not good. Um, I, I Do you have anything to add, Ryan? Uh, yeah, Nissan Stadium is in Nashville, Tennessee. So yes, that's okay, that's what I thought, yeah. Um, so honestly, I'm, I'm honestly not going to talk about this game. Titans in a blowout, I think. The, the game... On uh, November 28th, though, at 
uh, Foxborough is going to be the game to watch for the Tennessee Titans. I think these are two teams, honestly, I think they're the two best teams in the AFC right now. The AFC has kind of just been so bad, but these teams continue to make it so good. Both of them are on a winning streak. The Titans, I believe, are on a six-game winning streak. The Patriots, I believe, five-game winning streak. Now, I could be wrong about that, but I believe they are on a five-game winning streak, and they ob- obliterated the Browns. So, I think this is going to be a game to really watch, but the game at hand, yeah, this should be a blowout win for the Titans. The one thing I do potentially could see happening is the Texans potentially playing spoiler, keeping the game close because this is a Titans team that's on a six-game winning streak. This is a Texans team that might be able to play spoiler. Don't necessarily think we'll get the win, but could potentially keep it close. I think Derrick Henry, though, ultimately runs all over them. The New England Patriots are on a five-game winning streak. Their last loss was on October 17th in overtime to the Dallas Cowboys. So, New England's red hot. That'll be a really interesting game in a couple of weeks. Talk about a non-interesting game. Uh, The San Francisco 49ers travel to Jacksonville, Florida uh, to play the Jaguars. Niners coming off of one of the best wins of probably, no, they're by far their best win of the season. Uh, My Niners, they looked really good last week. Can they keep it consistently? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo showed us again that he is a very serviceable quarterback. We we forget that. He he's gonna make some mistakes, but he's gonna keep you in some games. He's he's mediocre. He's not gonna elevate your team, but he's not necessarily going to bring them down. Uh Aiden has Jimmy G money <laughs> written down on here. I, you can interpret that however you want. Uh again, I think this Niner team is probably I, I this is a hot take now. I, I think that they have a very good shot of crawling their way back into this division race, especially if Arizona continues to play like they did last week and LA continues to play like they did last week and Seattle continues to just not look good. They look like a mess right now. I have the Niners in this one by 14. Uh, It's a six point spread. I, I, I think it could be closer than that. Jacksonville, you know, they have that Trevor Lawrence factor, you know, who knows when he's going to make his breakout start, but that, that's my thoughts on that one. Ryan, what do, you, what do you have to add here? So let me start off by saying thank you. Thank you for beating the Rams. Now, for all of you that don't know, <laughs> I was born and adopted in Russia, and then I was raised in St. Louis. So, you know, I got to experience Sam Bradford, Tavon Austin. I got to experience the very, very bad Rams team. But that was my childhood team. And then when they left me, I was so hurt that obviously I moved to the Packers and will be a Packers fan the rest of my life. But now to see how good the Rams are, just really, really, it just hurts so bad. And to see them lose the 49ers, it wasn't even close. They destroyed them. And the Odell hype was so awesome because what, he got targeted three times and he's like, oh, I'm going to go to LA and be the number two receiver. Yeah, have fun with that because Jefferson had more freaking uh, targets than you did. But yeah, this is a game that the 49ers should they should win. I'm Trevor Lawrence is good, but not good enough to beat this team. Uh, one thing that I'm ex- I was kind of hoping that the 49ers would do, and you know you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think Trey Lance needs to get the ball more. He's a really good, mm-hmm. you know, against and the it just comes back to the Packers game where he just was basically running all over the Packers. The QB sneak, he is so good, he's so mobile, and I think this is a game where you could potentially see him more into it because I think potentially should be a game that the 49ers should be able to blow him out. I'll take your bet with plus 14 here because I think necessarily they do. The Jags just have not looked that good this year. Yeah, so those are our Niners-Jags pick. We are going to take a very quick break right here on KCOU 88.1 FM. You are listening to The Packed House right here on KCOU's Sports Saturday. We'll be right back in just under two minutes. 
Welcome back to the Packed House right here on KCOU 88.1 FM's Sports Saturday. My name is Mickey Doolittle filling in for Aiden O'Connor this week. It is Ryan Walterman. Ryan, we are going over the NFL Week 11 picks. Our NFL Week 11 picks right now we have just reached the Dolphins and the Jets. The Dolphins coming off one of their best wins really of their last, you know, three, four years. Like, they beat the Ravens last week, and they dominated defensively, calling, I believe it was 35-0 blitzes. A really great breakdown uh, I watched on YouTube was by Brett Coleman, really great YouTuber. Uh, Go check that out if you haven't already. He breaks down all of those blitzes and how they just pressured Lamar Jackson throughout the entire game. Uh, personally, I have the Dolphins in this one. Uh, the New York Jets are starting Joe Flacco. Uh, Miami is favored by three and a half points. I, I just do not bet on this one. It, it is not a good idea to bet on this one. This one can go either way. Uh, Joe Flacco could look like MVP Joe Flacco, 2015 Joe Flacco, that tore my heart out as a 49er fan in the Super Bowl, but that's not the point right now. Ryan, what do you think about this one? <laughs> I'm happy Joe Flacco's back. I think the Jets, they made a good signing there. Uh, but ultimately, yeah, this is a Dolphins team that they just beat the Ravens. And yeah, you're right. They did it because of blitzing. And that's honestly, if anyone's listening, take notes because that's how you're going to beat the Ravens because it's literally all they do is just run the ball with Lamar Jackson or throw the ball to Marquise Brown. But right now, it's just really been... Joe Flacco's not going to be mobile. He's just going to throw the ball, and I don't know the last time he's really played in an NFL game. I don't know if it's been a couple of months or so for him, but yeah, ultimately, I think this is a Dolphins team that just beat the Ravens. They should have no problem beating the Jets, but then again, the Jets are are a team that, you know, they could spoil. They like to spoil some fun as well. I really love me some Mike White, though, so that's unfortunate that he's not going to be playing. But, you know, seeing Joe Flacco out there it should be an exciting time. But I honestly, I'll make a prediction here. I wouldn't be surprised if Mike White comes in at halftime. This game may be bad. Joe Flacco may just not be that guy for them. Um, but I'm excited to see what happens. Ultimately, I think the Dolphins win it, and I don't think it's going to be close. I'm going to go Dolphins by a touchdown. All right, so that is the Dolphins and the Jets. Now we move to Philadelphia, the city, the city of brotherly love. The New Orleans Saints travel there to face the Eagles. Personally, I have the Eagles in a little bit of an upset. Would you say this is an upset, Ryan? Yeah, I would say it's an upset. I think the Saints are an up upcoming, really good NFC uh, NFC team here that can really kind of push themselves in the playoffs. I think they could get maybe even a sixth seed in the playoffs. I think that the Saints... They, they still have a lot to go, but, I mean, they did lose to the Titans by, I believe it was either only two or three. So I would say if the Eagles win this, it is an upset. They're an up-and-coming team, but the, Trevor Simeon is their quarterback. Yeah. That, that puts such a ceiling, such a low ceiling on what they can do this season. It, it, when the, you don't have that quarterback play, that consistent quarterback play that they had for years with Drew Brees, it, it, it's just not – you can't win – many games with that and you might point to the Niners with Jimmy Garoppolo but he's at least serviceable Trevor Simeon is a true backup quarterback that might be able to come in and and you know win a couple of games for you but but he's not a starting quarterback uh the Eagles did play the Chargers close two weeks ago and and they have won two of their last three it would have been three of their last three if it if they would have pulled that out against LA uh again Saints starting Trevor Simeon uh New Orleans beat Seattle uh, before 
uh, they beat Seattle and Tampa Bay before losing heartbreakers to Atlanta and Tennessee in the last two weeks. So they they've been playing pretty well. Those are two good teams that they they played really close. So I uh, you know I, I I think Philadelphia wins this, but it, but it'll only be by two or three points. Ryan, uh, do you have a prediction in this one? I think this is a breakout game for Devontae Smith. I think this is going to be a good game for the Eagles. Uh, Justin, J- Justin Jiminy. Jalen Hurts has played very good for them. And now this is a team that, you know, they just beat the Broncos pretty single-handedly. The Saints, I know I said they're up and coming. I know they had Trevor Simeon at quarterback. But there's still a team that has a pretty decent good defense. And I think this is a game that will be close. Ultimately, I just think it's a Devontae Smith game. I'm going to go Devontae Smith game-winning touchdown. And I just think the Eagles are going to win this one by a touchdown, I think. All right, so that is New Orleans and Philadelphia. Next up, we have the Bengals and the Raiders in what I think is one of the more intriguing games of the week. The Raiders are in a must-win situation if they want to stay within reach of the playoffs. Both teams have dropped their last two games. Uh, Burrow went ice cold last week against Cleveland, made a bunch of mistakes, a lot of really dumb mistakes. Uh, He's played really well in wins, and he's played really Poorly in their losses. I believe he has eight interceptions and like seven touchdowns in their losses this year. Personally, I have the Las Vegas Raiders pulling out. Uh, I, I think this is a bit of an upset if they were to pull this one out. They're, they're the less complete team, but when you have Derek Carr and that consistent quarterback play, I, I honestly do think that he put gives them a chance to win every week. I have the Raiders winning this one again. Pretty close game, but Ryan, what do you think? Yeah, so Joey B's playroom is, is not doing so hot. I'm 1-8 and on fantasy, and uh, it, it's just not been good. Joe has not really been able to help me out uh, that much, and I think this is a good bounce-back game for him. I think Cincinnati is a very good team still. Uh, a lot of people, I will think, will agree with me. I know they've dropped some games, but this is a team that's 5-4. and four. That's, a, that's a winning record last time I checked, and the Bengals usually don't have winning rec- records, so... I think this is a good bounce-back game for the Bengals. Joe Mixon, again, another guy I have on fantasy. And, yeah, I have Jamal Chase, too. I'm not a Bengals lover. I just Those are the guys that were available when I chose to pick, and they were the best option. And I think this is a game where Burrow will, will uh, hook up to Chase. Mixon's going to run the ball. But the Raiders, man, that's a team that you look at that, yeah, they're potentially in a must-win situation. They're in a, they're in a tough division. And uh, Las Vegas has been very good. Unfortunately, they've had a lot of incidents in that organization, but Derek Carr, he puts that behind him. Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, you know, there's guys like this. And then, obviously, uh, Waller has been off to a very, very good start this year. And I think this is a game that potentially comes very close. This spreads uh, minus one. I'm pretty sure it goes to Cincinnati. Ultimately, I want to say Raiders, but this is just a Bengals team that got destroyed by a Cleveland team. And I would say uh, not the best Cleveland team. So the, the, the Bengals know that they had a bad letdown game. This is a game where they are going to win this game. I think it's it's going to be close. Ultimately, I think the Bengals get it done. I am trying to see here if that game's in Cincinnati. It's in, it's in Las Vegas. So uh, I think Joe Burrow has a really good bounce back game. And I think Jamal Chase gets... Uh, a couple of touchdowns, and I think the Bengals end up winning this. All right, so that is Cincinnati and Las Vegas. Moving on to Dallas and Kansas City in a very good game. Kansas City looks like they are back. I I always said that it's only a matter of time until they progress to the mean, not regress to the mean. Uh, they they have they looked like 
the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Uh, they they looked back. Uh, in addition, uh, the Cowboys have the capability to keep pace with this Chiefs offense, uh, proving that in a 43-3 win over Atlanta last week. So I'm thinking shootout here. I think this game has shootout written all over it. The Dak Prescott versus Patrick Mahomes narratives going all over the place in this one. I personally have Kansas City because I have seen them do it more often than Dallas, but this one is another one that can go really any way. What do you think, Ryan? So I'm mad at NBC here for not making this the Sunday night game. Uh, but I think ultimately the Cowboys are going to get this one done. In a shootout, Dak has been really good. Mahomes has also been very, very good as well. I think it's going to be a battle between two quarterbacks. Which one's going to be better? I think it's Dak. I don't think Mahomes has been that good this year. All right. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Why Why wasn't this one on primetime? Like, this is this is probably the most intriguing game of the week. Uh, instead, they have Steelers-Chargers on primetime. I wonder if they had that flex option. I, I'd have to do a little bit of research. But nonetheless, it's going to be, I believe, America's Game of the Week. It'll be nationally televised on Fox, except in local markets. Uh, here in Missouri, it will be definitely on TV because of the Kansas City Chiefs. But... That's that game. So moving on, we have an NFC West matchup between the Arizona Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. You know, I, I never thought I'd root for Seattle, but but here I am. You know, I'm a I'm a Niner fan and and I need Seattle to win this one. Uh the Cardinals were bad last week against Carolina, but Seattle is also kind of a complete mess right now. Uh, Russell Wilson was bad last week, too. Uh, they, the Seahawks got shut out against Green Bay. Uh, he finished 20 for 40 passing for uh, only 161 yards and two picks. Uh, I, I think Arizona bounces back in, the, in this one. Uh, it, Arizona is two-and-a-half-point favorites. I think that is a good bet to take for them to cover. Uh, the value is in the Seattle money line, maybe. Uh, so Seattle money line or Arizona covering. It'll it'll be a really interesting game, Ryan. What do you what do you think about this one? I'm but, I'm curious. Believe Kyler Murray returns this this week. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but if if he does, that's good for them. But they're still up without DeAndre Hopkins and. Uh, Ultimately, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your pick here, uh, Mickey, because I think that the Se- uh, that the Seahawks getting shut out is not who the Seahawks are. They played a good Green Bay team, but like you said, it was very treacherous weather's, so it's tough to score on both ends of the ball. I think Seattle is going to win this game because they didn't score a single point last weekend. They're going to put on all their points this weekend. And the, the Cardinals just are not that good. They're missing a lot of good key players. Russell Westbrook, uh, yeah, Russell um, Wilson is back. I always say Russell Westbrook for some reason. But, yeah, Wilson's back, and I think he's going to be really good. Uh, he did throw two interceptions against Green Bay, but this is a, Russell te- a, a, a Wilson guy who is going to have a really good bounce-back game. I think the Seahawks win this one. It's going to be close, but I do think the Seahawks will ultimately win it. So that is Arizona and Seattle. Next up, we have Pittsburgh and the Los Angeles Chargers. But first, we are going to pause real quick for station identification. You are listening to KCOU 88.1 FM Sports Saturday. You are listening to KCOU Columbia 88.1 FM. Welcome back here to Sports Saturday. My name is Mickey Doolittle alongside Ryan Walterman filling in for Aiden O'Connor this week. This is the packed house on Sports Saturday. We are picking all the NFL games from this week. Pittsburgh and uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are up next. Pittsburgh looked really bad last week playing the Detroit Lions. Uh, They did not have 
Ben Roethlisberger, I believe he was out because of COVID protocols. Uh, They fumbled twice in overtime. They fumbled away two golden opportunities to win that one, including one in the final seconds to force the tie. So we have our first tie of 2021. Uh, I will never get off the my high horse of ties are awful and should have no place in the sport of football. Uh, but nonetheless, here we are. Uh, I have the Chargers in this one. I think Steeler, the Steelers lack the explosiveness off. I'm sorry, the explosiveness offensively to keep pace. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is out due to the COVID list. Um, I trust the Chargers to bounce, bounce back in this one, uh, despite Herbert having not a good game last week against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, that offensive line did not look good last week, and, and they they really have their hands full with uh, the Steelers' pass rush this week. But I trust Herbert to get the ball out a little quicker, make a couple of adjustments, and lead the Chargers to a win in this one. Ryan, what do you think? So this is going to be a quick, quick assemble for you here. Big Ben is back. And this is a team that tied to the Lions. I'll say it again. They tied to the Lions. They don't want to be the laughing stock of the NFL for tying to the Lions. This is a Steelers team that's going to bounce back. Both these teams are going to have to have bounce back games. Ultimately, with Big Ben coming back, I think that does just push them a little bit of an edge. And Justin Herbert having a bad game, he's going to have to have a good game. But ultimately, I do think that the Steelers are going to win this game. Just with Big Ben being back and being literally, it's an upset. You tied to the Lions. Like, that that can't happen. So they know that the NFL is going to be keeping an eye on this game because they just tied to the Lions. I can't stop saying tied to the Lions, but I think they're going to win this game because, yeah, they don't want to be the laughing stock of the NFL. All right, so that is Pittsburgh and L.A. Moving on to the Monday night football game. We have Brady against the Giants. Really interesting one here. It's Giants-Bucks. Personally, I don't think it's going to be too much of, you know, Brady struggling in the 20, 2007 and 2000, or 20, I believe it was 2008 Super Bowl. The regular season was 2007 uh, and the 2011 Super Bowl. I, I personally have the Bucks dominating in this one. Uh, the Bucks have lost two straight. Uh, that is without Rob Gronkowski uh, and Antonio Brown. Uh, and Chris Godwin was playing injured those two weeks. So uh, I, I think that they're healthy again. Gronk is back. AB is back. Uh, and Godwin has another week to rehab and stuff. Uh, Brady did turn the ball over five times in two weeks, which is very uncharacteristic. But if there's any guy in this league that I trust to make an adjustment and stop making mistakes like that, it is Tom Brady. Uh, the Giants are coming off a really solid win against Las Vegas at home last week. I uh, I don't think that'll matter too much. I think the Bucks roll in this one by I'd say 15 or more points. What do you think, Ryan? So three comeback stories in this game. Obviously, the Bucks need to come back after losing two straight. The Giants potentially have Sa- Saquon Barkley coming back, so that that's nice. And the Bucks potentially have Robert Gronkowski coming back. If he's back, it's going to be the Brady Gronkowski show, a hundred percent. Even though I think I think the Giants get a little bit of some special love because you know their man Eli Manning is going to be covering the game for them on ESPN too. If you haven't gotten to watch those games on Monday night where the Manning brothers cover the game, those are very exciting times. But yeah, they are very funny. Ultimately, the Bucks get this done, and I have no doubt in the world that if Gronkowski's back, it's going to be the Brady and Buck sh- uh, Brady and Gronk show. All right, so those are our weekly NFL picks. Tune in next week to hear our picks.
next week as well. Uh, so we are going to take a quick break here on KCOU 88.1 FM. When we come back, we're going to do our weekly Who's Hot, Who's Not segment for the NBA. And then we will do be going over why we love sports, our weekly segment there to wrap up the show. Stick with us right here on Sports Saturday, KCOU 88.1. This is the Packed House. Mary sitting in the backseat of your car, of your car. It was immense, well, before we met the opposite. Now it's only dark. Welcome back to the Packed House right here on KCOU 88.1 FM's Sports Saturday. My name is Mickey Doolittle. Alongside me is Ryan Walterman filling in for Aiden O'Connor this week. It is time for our weekly Who's Hot, Who's Not in the NBA segment as we will go over the teams that have gotten hot in the last week and the teams who are not so hot in the NBA this week. So, Ryan, you ready for this? I'm excited, man. NBA, always a great time. One of my favorite traditions is watching basketball on Christmas, and the ESP and the NBA does a great job at picking out who plays on Christmas. Always. There's always yeah, always great games. So that's about the one thing I'm very excited for. But as of now, there's a lot of good teams. There's some that are hot, and there's some that are not. So, Mickey, give us a, give us the uh, DL here. All right, so we are going to start off with Definitely, probably the hottest team in the NBA. The Phoenix Suns have won 10 straight games after starting 1-3 and three on the year. They have improved to 13-3. and three. They are playing at an insanely fast pace. They are moving up and down the court with these fast breaks unbelievably quickly. Uh, they they jumped so much from last year. Uh, and, and Chris Paul teams normally, Chris Paul-led teams normally like to set up the offense in, in the front court and then, you know, work it inside and stuff. But this year, they're just playing the fast break so often. So, so it's a really interesting dynamic there in Phoenix. I, I know Devin Booker definitely likes that. Uh, the Phoenix Suns have the league's best sixth uh I'm sorry, they, they have the league's b- sixth biggest jump from last season in opponent turnover rate. So they are playing really good defense. They are third in the league in field goal percentage. Booker is averaging 23 points. DeAndre Ayton is averaging just south of 16 points per game. And, and in addition, 11.6 rebounds per game. Chris Paul... Uh, averaging 14 points and over 10 assists a game. Mikel Bridges is playing really good basketball, 13.7 points per game. This is a hot Phoenix Sun team that I would not want to run into in the NBA this year. Moving on, we have my Golden State Warriors. It wouldn't be a packed house show without me mentioning the Golden State Warriors. Stephen Curry is lights out out right now he is unbelievable they made a fourth quarter comeback against Cleveland last night or I believe it was two nights ago now uh, when Steph Curry dropped 40 points on the night there is a great YouTuber called Thinking Basketball if you haven't if heard of him definitely check him out he did an in-depth uh, he tracks a lot of in-depth stats and he did a breakdown of Curry's performance last night he created 33 consecutive points 
in the fourth quarter while only registering two assists. So basically what that means is he did all of it off the ball. He was moving, and, and you know they would seal him in trying to, to not let him get to the three-point line, but it, it just wouldn't work. He, he is so quick off the ball. He does not stop moving. He's unbelievable, man. He he has the handles. He has the shooting. It, he doesn't miss when he's on. Uh, and, and ultimately, those 33 points while only recording two assists is a great representation of his game. Moving on, our next team is the Washington Wizards, who sit atop the Eastern Conference at 10-5 and five right now. That, that is unbelievable. The Washington Wizards are red hot. Bradley Beal has struggled, which is a little bit of a good sign. If they're if they're at this record uh, and he's struggling, their best player is struggling, it, it's a pretty good sign that, that, that they are deeper than they were. He did go four for 19 in their win over Cleveland a couple of nights ago uh, and missed a couple of games due to a personal matter. I believe his, his, grandmother, his grandmother did die, uh, so... Thoughts and prayers to them. Uh, and then he came back and dropped 24 points. Uh, Spencer Didwitty, Monte- Montrez Harrell, uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Kyle Kuzma, kind of the, the leftover Lakers, if you will, are all looking really good this year. So the Wizards are red hot. And then moving on, we have Ryan's team, the Charlotte Hornets. LaMelo Ball nearly averaged a triple-double last week with 14 points, 10 rebounds, and just over 9 assists. In addition to 3.3 steals a game, that is unbelievable play from LaMelo Ball. Uh, Five players are averaging double figures right now for Charlotte. What are they doing really well, Ryan? I know you watch them every night. Yes, I can't quite say that I've only missed one Hornets game. Uh, right now, the Hornets are on a five-game winning streak. That also includes, I- I'm sorry, Biggie, but that includes your Golden State Warriors. Uh, LaMelo Ball really <laughs> played well in that game. The Hornets really just played well in that game to win. Uh, you're exactly right. LaMelo has, have, uh, since the start of the season, he has three double-doubles and one triple-double. And it could really have just been one double-double the whole entire season so far. Because he's either one assist or one rebound shy of it every single night, it seems. He's been so good, and it's really... Here's, here's the five uh, players that you said that are in double digits, and that's going to be Miles Bridges, who averages, get this, 20.8 points per game. That has been such a huge, huge upgrade from last season. He's been a very, very stellar player to watch, and he's just been such a great player on the Hornets. Melo Ball, obviously, second with 19.6. Gordon Hayward with 18.1 points per game. Hayward has been a shooting star for the Hornets. And then Terry Rozier with 15.1. Out of the gates, didn't play, I think he didn't play like the first four or five games he was he was coming off an injury. Then out of the gates, didn't start off so hot. But man, during this five-game winning streak, he has really been a spark plug for the Hornets. Been getting it done for them at home. He's been driving to the rim, been making clutch threes. And then the last guy who honestly surprised me was Kelly Oubre Jr. I believe this is a guy from your Warriors as well. And it's just a trade that they were, uh, a pick they were able to get in the offseason. And he's just the type of guy when when uh, Rogier, Hayward, or LaMelo are having an off night, this man's going to put it in the bucket. He makes threes after threes. Some of the shots he takes, it's like Michael Jordan's like, what are you doing? But the ball goes in sometimes. He takes some dumb threes, but they end up working for him. Their defense has been very, very solid. And I think that really just comes because of this five-game winning streak. They have played very well. The ball seems to be able to fall for them. And they've played, and they have been able to beat some very, very good teams in the past couple of days. They played tonight against the 
the Hawks on a back-to-back, so it'll be exciting to see can the Hornets keep it up because I'm sure they'll be tired after coming off that win against the Pacers. But during this five-game winning streak, they've they've beaten the Pacers, the Wizards, the Warriors, the Knicks, and the Grizzlies, where they did lose to the Lakers. It could have been six, but they did lose in overtime. But that was an awesome game to watch. As, uh, pretty sure LaMelo had a triple-double in that game to force it, that game to overtime. But it's really been James Borrego. He's been able to call the the, the right plays, and the Hornets have just been able to get off to such a great start. It's really awesome to see, as a Hornets fan, they haven't been that good the past couple years. They're 10-7. And that, that's good enough for them right now to be in a playoff spot, and, and it's not even the play-in tournament. I think as a Hornets fan, yeah, the play-in tournament would be cool, but they lost it last year. I would like them to just make it straight up into the playoffs, and the way they're playing right now, I understand basketball's a long season. But the way they have been playing right now has been so good that they won't have to play in that play-in. In one game, just before I give it back to you for the who's not so hot that I'm very excited for, not this upcoming Monday, but next Monday... Uh, the the Monday after the weekend of Thanksgiving, it is the Charlotte Hornets versus the Chicago Bulls. LaMelo will face Lonzo for the first time this year, and both of the Ball brothers have been off to a very hot start. For those of you who don't know me, I got into the NBA because of the Ball brothers. That's about the only reason I watch it. I follow them, so wherever they go, I go. And yeah, I have not missed a Hornets game this year, and I'm more of a LaMelo fan since he's came into the league with the Charlotte Hornets. But that's it on the Hornets, Mickey. Back to you, man. All right. So thank you very much for that Hornets breakdown, Ryan. Uh, so those are the hot teams right now. But, of course, we do have to be a little bit of downer sometimes. There are some not-so-hot teams in the NBA right now. The Utah Jazz are not so hot. They, uh, I am not too worried about them, but they have given up an average of 111 points per game in their losses, which is staggering for, especially for a de- for a team that is normally so good defensively. Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich had a great week; he averaged 20 points, and Gobert averaged did average 16 uh, in 14, along with two blocks a game last week. Uh, I, I'm not too worried about this Utah Jazz team. Normally, they're very good in the regular season. Uh, they should get into the playoffs this year uh, as probably a top-five seed in the West. They, they are just really good. The Western Conference is really good as well, but the Jazz are very well-rounded. The Philadelphia 76ers, their experiment, not experiment, but their time without Joel Embiid has not been too good. Tyrese Maxey has emerged as one of the team's best scorers at point guard, and Tobias Harris has looked very good as well. Both of them have averaged 20 points a game in their last three games. Uh, They just need to keep their heads above water until Joel Embiid returns. I believe they are one or two games above 500 still, so they are very much within striking distance of a top five or four seed in the East, especially without Joel Embiid and especially with a looming, probably Ben Simmons trade. I, you know, who knows who they're going to get for him. So again, another team that I'm not too worried about the 76ers are going to be back, especially with their newfound weapon in Tyrese Maxey. 
And then a team that I am very concerned about. I have been concerned about for a couple of years now. It is the San Antonio Spurs. They they just have not looked good at all. They are 4-11 and on the year. They are last in three-point frequency. Greg Popovich does not have them taking a lot of threes. They are 29th in the league in free throw percentage and 27th in rebounds. This is a Spurs team that is going to need to have a serious look in the mirror this offseason and probably begin, you know, not begin, but continue their rebuild and hope for a top 10 pick uh, in the upcoming draft, in the draft lottery. Uh, But we all know Greg Popovich can get this team within striking distance of the play-in game. They are a threat every year, which may not be good for the future of this team. So that is your who's hot, who's not, weekly segment right here on the packed house any closing thoughts on the nba from you uh ryan yeah so for the who's hot uh who's not hot for the spurs it's exciting to see that they also their next game is against the suns who you have in here as a very hot team so it'll be exciting to see what happens they the last game was uh thursday so they don't play until monday so they have a couple of days off to figure it out but this is a spurs team that's probably going to get obliterated by the suns All right, so that will wrap up our NBA coverage for the week. We are going to take a quick break right here on KCOU 88.1 FM before bringing it right back here and wrapping up the show with Why We Love Sports, the second edition of our weekly segment right here on Sports Saturday on KCOU 88.1 FM. You are listening to The Packed House. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Packed House right here on KCOU 88.1 FM. My name is Mickey Doolittle alongside Ryan Walterman filling in for Aiden O'Connor this week. We are just about ready to wrap this one up, but not before our weekly segment of Why We Love Sports. This is a segment dedicated to reminding us about why we fall in love, why we talk about sports all the time. No matter how often our team rips our heart out, I just want to remind everybody that the reasons why we watch these sports and why we love them and the lasting memories that they create for our lives. Ryan, are you ready for this? And do you have any idea of what I'm about to say? I have no clue, which is the most (laughs) exciting part about being a a, coach. a guest on the show is because I don't know what I'm about to get thrown at me, but I'm excited to see what it is. All right. So we are just about ready. So our story starts with, uh, it, first of all, the story is from an article in USA Today. Uh, it is about a kid who grew up in a small town. He was the young, or no, I am reading the last week's segment. That is my fault. So this is another kid that grew up in a small town. Small towns are a weekly theme, I guess, on this in our last two segments. Uh, So a group of kids decided to hold their own backyard Olympics. Uh, They did did a handful of events that some kids had not even heard of, like the triple jump. I'd never heard of the triple jump before I ran track in high school. So uh, the Olympics were going on. I believe the Winter Olympics were in Vienna, or no, I think they were in Rome that year. so towards the end, uh, this one boy, our, our main character of the story, had not won any medals. 
and and the next event was the marathon. At the back end of the race, uh, a kid found himself that that same kid found himself dead last. Uh, but one of his friends, Mike, told him that uh, if he beat him to the finish line, that he would win the gold medal. Now. We're pretty sure Mike didn't run as fast as he possibly could, but the boy did end up winning the gold medal, and, and he and he said that he cried when he won that when he won that medal. Uh, that man is now seventy years old. Uh, he he still has that lasting uh, memory of that gold medal, and and he wo- has watched the Olympics for every year, and, and that was really what got him into watching sports. He, he's in his seventies now. And he played sports throughout his entire life. Uh, He golfs and he walks every single day. Uh, He nearly gets 10,000 steps uh, every day. So this is a very, you know, small scale. There's no, there's no celebrity involved in this, but, but he had a last, that, that one event, that one experience with sports as a kid really had that lasting effect on him. Um, And and it's made him healthier throughout his entire life, his love for sports. Uh, you know, you look on, you know, the, the, the ESPN magazine, you know, body issue or whatever it is, Sports Illustrated body issue, and you see these chiseled, massive human beings, the perfect human that, that specimen that just is in peak physical condition. And, and I just want to remind everybody that you do not need to be that. You do not need to be that perfect human being for sports to have that lasting impact on you. Personally, I relate to this article. My my story is watching Clay Thompson on the Warriors. It got me inspired to go out and start playing pickup basketball. I I've I hate going to the gym. I I don't like weightlifting overall. But about four nights a week, I'm out there getting exercise on a basketball court, running up and down, and I'm getting my cardio. and And I am a healthier human being because I started watching Clay Thompson play. Uh, just like how the Olympics positively affle- affected that man's health. Watching basketball has positively affected mine. So, Ryan, I'm going to turn it over to you. What What are your thoughts on this, and, and do you relate to this at all? First off, really just a heartwhelming story. Really good story that you found there. Um, you know, I, I always think that I'm the one kid that would – I would go – above and beyond to let that kid win the medal as well. I feel like I've always been that type. And I guess to relate to a story like this, I I could say um, in high school uh, I was chosen to be a captain for dodgeball. And uh, my first cap, my first pick was a kid that uh, didn't really play as much. And, you know, he wasn't really that good. And, you know, I just made his day by picking him first. And uh, he ended up playing pretty well. I, I think I just made him very happy the rest of his day. And that's, that's the, like the type of person I am. I like to, help out the people like that that don't think they're very good enough when in reality yes you you are good it doesn't matter if you're bad or good uh, I think you'll make it whatever you do um, so that's really my story I don't really have one like you do but really just a heartwarming story I love those type of stories where the, the athlete the star athlete lets the other person win it's uh it's just really cool like you know you think about it as in uh have you ever seen the movie Talladega Nights with uh, Ricky Bobby? Love that movie. So at the end... Shake and make, baby. <laughs> yeah, so I don't really want to spoil the movie, but I kind of am because I feel like everyone has seen that movie. But honestly, we know that Ricky Bobby, he's the number one racer, and he never lets his best friend finish first. But when it comes down to the very end, I don't know. I think it's like the Daytona 500. I don't know what they what they race in. but Talladega? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right, Talladega. So it's <laughs> Talladega 500 or whatever, and... uh. He actually lets his best friend win that race, and that's just something that, like, just I, I've always loved. Like, 
I don't always like being number one. I was usually number one in a lot of things, but I am a pretty athletic guy. I can say that. And I, I usually don't get picked last, so I feel bad for the kids that do get picked last because that's just that's not how it should be. I think that just because they think they're bad, they should still be able to play and be picked first and maybe even second and even into that third round. But, yeah, I, I just love these type of stories, man. They're just so heartwarming, and it's just so awesome that you found something like this. All right, so thank you very much for those thoughts, Ryan. And and thank you so much for filling in this week for Aiden. Uh, Aiden, of course, on a much-deserved early exodus from campus. It was his birthday yesterday. He headed home to Chicago, could not be with us today. He did send in his NFL picks for this week. Uh, any closing thoughts from you, Ryan? Any Anything about sports you're looking forward to this week? Or this weekend? Uh, yeah, so honestly, I know that Mickey and I are going to the Mizzou and Florida football game here at about 3 o'clock. <laughs> so I'm very excited for that. should be great, great weather. And I think the game, honestly, I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be really exciting, really fun. I'm still excited to see who Drinkwitch is going to start. But uh, I'd have to say that. I have to say going home. I'm going home tonight after the game. And there's nothing better in the world than watching Packers football with my dad. So I'll be excited to watch that. I'm hoping the Packers are able to come through get a couple of wins this weekend for me as I'll be home until uh, next about uh, probably the 29th I'll probably head home uh, head back to head back to Mizzou here but a pleasure to be on your show man um, you know I was very excited to fill in here and I hope you and Aiden have a great break if you don't mind I can plug in two of my shows that I also definitely do so on a serious note this is a serious show that we more cover like the stuff you've been listening to today it's Mizzou sports it's just professional sports basically news that's going around in the sports business and that is around the waves you can listen to me and Luca and Ben Schmidt on Friday mornings at 10 o'clock right here on KCU 88.1 and then I have another show which is more of a funny comedical show and that is the Ryan and Joe show which is also here on Friday at KCOU 88.1 the show is at 2 it's from 2 to 3 and I'm telling you folks you don't want to miss that one I'm pretty sure last weekend we talked about what's our favorite Thanksgiving food and uh, what's our favorite movie but it's a great show Uh, it's another show that's mainly sports but we also throw in just funny funny tad bits but feel free to listen also listen to this show it's another great show i loved being a part of the packed house today and yeah i i hope aiden has a great birthday and mickey thank you very much for letting me be a part today yeah no problem man thank you for being on uh before we head out a little bit of housekeeping i am flying home to california on sunday so tomorrow so there is a possibility that there will be no show uh, next week as Aiden and I will be on complete opposite sides of the country. Not complete, but you'll be halfway across the country from me. Uh, so follow us on Twitter at Packed House KCOU. Once again, that is at Packed House KCOU on Twitter. For updates on next week's show, we will be updating you there. There is a chance that we figure out a way to do it. There's a chance that we just don't do it next week, but we will definitely be back in two weeks to break down all your latest sports headlines. And that will do it for us here on KCOU 88.1 FM's Sports Saturday, The Packed House. My name is Mickey Doolittle. I want you guys to stick right here with us as the pregame for Mizzou and Florida will be starting at around 2 o'clock. Kickoff on that one is at 3. We will have the game and pregame broadcasted for you right here on this same station. So don't go anywhere for that. 
Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in on this one, on this fairly long episode of Packed House. And I want everybody to have a fantastic, safe, and family-filled Thanksgiving with your families. Wherever you may be, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the Packed House. My name is Mickey Doolittle. That is Ryan Walterman filling in for Aiden O'Connor. And once again, have a great week.